0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. We are busy with the Ephesians series. And we do get into the book of Ephesians from time to time. Uh, but the the, the the whole purpose of the series, I realized, that like the title is Reality of Christianity. And uh, we're actually going to bounce to Colossians eventually, I realized and stick with the title. Because uh, this is like all over the Bible. It's not just in Ephesians. And um, the whole heartbeat of it is to get out of... Seeing Christianity, I I, I mean, I grew up Christian most of my life, and so for me, it was um, not... There was religious parts of it, but it was never a religion. We never talk, spoke about it as a religion. It was always a uh, relationship with God. And a lot of Christians, if you ask them, like, is, you know, "What religion are you?" A lot of them would kind of be offended at that almost and say, "I'm not. I don't have a religion. I have a relationship." And that's right. But a lot of our Christianity can be religious, and a lot of mine was. And even you know, in the past two years, I've been kind of renewing my mind to, to stepping out of uh, uh, some religious thinking with regard to it. But one of the things is just this separation mentality that we have. We feel like we have to approach God. As a Christian, you can't approach God because you're always with Him. He's always with you. We kind of feel like if we sin, then God goes somewhere and we have to try and attract Him back. But you know, the Bible never shows us that. That's an Old Covenant, Old Testament mindset. Then you've got this mindset that, you know, um, in worship, God's going to arrive. <laughs> and, and, you know, that makes for a very tiresome worship. Than if you've been in, in, in worship services like that, where now you've got to kind of like hype yourself up, and then you hit the right note, and then all of a sudden the glory fills the temple. And I said it last week, that's Old Testament mindset, the glory has filled this temple. And if you're a Christian, the glory has filled your temple. And so when we come together, it should be really effortless to have an awesome time of singing together. Because we just turn on the tap, the Spirit flows, and we just enjoy it. And for me, like I always see worship not just as an opportunity to sing song. Because that's often why we don't just sing song. You know, it's an opportunity to receive, connect. We're always connected to God. Okay, I'll talk about that just now. But it's an opportunity for me to connect my focus to Him and then receive from Him so that I can overflow towards others as well. And so that's why we create an opportunity for people to bring words. And if you're a Christian, tag your it. <laughs> That's I'm talking about you coming and saying, I feel X, Y, and Z on my heart. You know, it really blessed me uh, last week to see how many people were, were just flowing and, and bringing words. Some people that I never even expected. Simple words and they were spot on. Afterwards we only knew how spot on they were And then I would send out reports Like you didn't know your word was like this and Because it was just so rich the, the, the time of fellowship together Like that And that's, that's really what you want Every uh, uh, gathering or worship service To be like Something life giving I don't know about you I, I, don't, I, I hate the four songs Announcements Let's have a good word and go home I'm tired of that I don't know about you So I want something more life-giving, something more rich, and it's got to be beyond just another good message. I like good messages. I like giving good messages. Amen? Amen. Bad messages are terrible. (laughs) I hate enduring a message. I want to enjoy a message. Even though sometimes the enjoyment of a message is like, this is really something I need to receive and process. It's difficult. Enjoying a message doesn't mean it's just something I want to hear. Enjoying a message means it's something that's giving me life. So, so, so like, I, I don't want like, just, to just fit in with the usual structure. And, like, we have a, from the beginning of the year, I'm not even in the message yet, but in the beginning of the year, I, I, I started a thing just with leaders, where on a Friday night we would, we would get together and we would have a time of worship and I would share maybe a word, and, but the word was meant to facilitate this kind of time in, in, in singing. Okay, You have worship as in we're singing to God and we're connecting with God or whatever, but you have your life as a worship, really. Where your life is just a, a living sacrifice for Him and you're like, Lord, whatever you want. That's true worship. It's not just when we sing. But we're more so talking about the singing part right now. And, you know, like the uh, two Fridays ago was probably the best time we had with the leaders where it was exactly what I've always envisioned. And I hate saying that because... You know, For example, Etienne couldn't be there. He was in Jovo. (laughs) There were so many people who just couldn't be there. And what did I do afterwards? I was mean, I'm sorry. I messaged them all and I said, you guys seriously missed out. And there's nothing to catch up. Like, I can't give you a a, a recording. Like, it's not something you can record. That's a good service. (laughs) Where you couldn't stay at home and listen online. And whoever's listening online, we love you. But there's something in the house that, that can be missed and should be missed if you're not sure. Okay? And so anyway, we're, we're on a journey really to experience more of this, and we're not experience driven. But Christianity should have an experience, you know, What did, what does the psalmist say? Taste and see that the Lord is good. How many of you enjoy a good meal? We, uh, amen. You, but it needs to taste good, it needs to look good. <laughs> yeah uh, 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 you, you want to taste, you want to experience, you want to see a good meal. Christianity is there's a reality to it where we should, we should experience something. Something that really blessed me from when I was in Bible school, one of my um, uh, uh, lecturers from in first year, I'm trying to think of what exactly he said, but it was that you know we're not emotionally driven, okay We're not emotionally driven, but if your faith doesn't lead to emotions, You've got to question your faith. Because faith causes something in your emotions. Okay, so there's a reality in our Christianity we need to experience. So the reality of Christianity is really what Christianity is all about. Okay, so Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. King James Version 1, it says, That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. New Living Translation says, Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing He promised to Abraham, that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Okay, so what this is showing us is that the, the blessing of Abraham is not money. And I've hammered that a couple times over the last however long we've been going. But the point is, is the promise what was promised to Abraham was that the Spirit would be received by faith, even with the Gentiles. How awesome is that? It's much better than money to have the, 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 the Spirit of God living in us. That's what was prophesied throughout the Old Testament. Okay? So this is a reality, not a religion. A religion is something where God is somewhere there and I'm somewhere here and I'm doing my best to appease, please Him or appease Him. I'm doing my best to live for Him. Christianity is not about living for Jesus. Christianity is about Jesus living in you. And that does cause you to live for Him, but it's not an effort. It's not something that you're striving for. It's not something that you're trying to do. It's something that's just enjoyable even. Okay? So Ephesians chapter one verse thirteen says, basically, I love this. This, 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 this it, it sums up what we've just been saying. It says, in whom he also trusted, after that he heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom you also, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So, you heard uh, 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 um, the message, you heard the, the gospel of salvation, the good news, you believed it, and then you received someone. Then you received God to dwell in you. Then you became one with Him. Okay, the New Living says, now you. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the gospel, or the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. Whom He promised long ago is showing that this is what, from the beginning, God was aiming at. That through Jesus, you wouldn't become rich, but that you would be one with His Spirit. That you would be one with Him. That you would be full of Him. It was something that has an eternal impact not just a momentary impact and yes the spirit of god in you yes christianity has an impact in this life it's not just steak on the plate while you it's not just pie in the sky when you die it's steak on the plate while you wait amen okay so there's a there's something to enjoy now but we got to keep the main thing the main thing and the main thing is eternal the spirit of god living in us okay so, this is the point that I, I, I want to make with all of this, is that we are connected to God. That's Christianity. We are connected to God. You know, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he that is joined into the Lord is one spirit with him. We've looked at that verse over the last couple of weeks. Showing that you're one with him. Now, if we're honest, I'm sure many of us come to church to meet with God. And that shows a separation mentality. We're coming to, 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 to church or to the worship service to, to receive from God. And if you stay home, you feel bad because you missed out on something. Now, you don't come to church for God. You come to church for you and you come to church for me. <laughs> okay? Because I like it when you're here and you should like it when I'm here. I miss you when you're not here and you should miss the person sitting next to you because we're family. Okay, But God is with you at home as much as He is right now. The awesome thing about being here right now is we can receive from God in each other. We can minister from the Spirit within towards each other. And obviously, there's something in the experience of the evening that we can enjoy together. There should be some kind of life that, that you can... If you're struggling to receive some, some life, you can receive it from the brothers and sisters in the house. Okay? Because we're one with Him. So we should be coming, not to try and connect with God, but to focus our attention on our connection with God. And so even in worship, you know, that's why sometimes I prefer actually not having words. On Friday nights we don't use words. Because I'm like, you've got to train yourself to not focus on the stupid songs. <laughs> Some of them are nice. We sing good songs, but there's a lot of stupid songs, and you're singing stupid songs with stupid lyrics which are causing problems in your heart, (laughs) because it's causing a separation mentality. Actually, a message I received as I sat down, after the first sing-song part of the service, we had uh, uh, Alicia, who you saw on the screen, send me a message, and she said, since she started awakening to this reality of oneness with Christ, it's wrecked most worship songs for her because most songs are hello <laughs> hi there god where are you you know and and that's not christianity christianity is is realize we have got to realize what it is and it's it's one with christ inseparable you cannot separate you and jesus okay so my question to you is are you one with christ yes obviously but when last did you connect with him because this was, as I was meditating on all this, and we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. But as I was meditating on all of this, I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, so often we get into the rhythm of life, or, or the rhythm of prayer, or the rhythm of uh, relationship with God, so to speak, without connecting to Him. Okay? It's easy to be in the same house as someone, whether it's a spouse or a loved one or a friend or whatever, and you're kind of doing life together without connecting, right? You just live past each other, but you see each other, you talk and all of that, but you're not connecting. So when last did you connect with God is a good question. Because if, like, I'm pretty sure the majority of us have kind of just lived past God. It's not condemning. This is an awesome thing just to wake up and realize, wow, I'm missing out on something that is right under my nose. Actually, it's part of my nose. <laughs> yeah, he's closer than your skin is the one song that we sing. Because that, that, that's what, why we sing that song, is to try and help you realize how close you are to Him. Okay? So, when last did you connect with God? I'm not talking about singing. because here, here, Here's a thought. You can sing without worshipping. Okay? Many Christians worship worship music rather than worshipping God. Sure. (laughs) Yeah? I'm not talking about a devotional time here either. Because devotional time is good. You know, the time you spend in the Word and prayer and whatever every day in the morning, whether it's two minutes, five minutes, one hour, however holy you are. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about devotional time because you can be faithful to even a, a longer period of time than most people on a consistent basis over a, many decades and still never connect to God. Yeah, it, it, it's quite scary to think about that. You yeah? uh, I'm not talking about reading the Bible or even studying the Bible. What does John 1 say? I think it's verse 13 or so. It says, the Word became flesh. The Word is important, we love the Bible, but we talk about a living person, the Word became flesh, Jesus. Christianity isn't a relationship with a book, it's a relationship with a person, and we know Him through the book, we know Him through the Spirit, okay? But we need to realize that it's not just something intellectual, it's not something that we just come to a mental assent about. It's someone that we need to come to know. Okay? Can I use you as an example? <laughs> so Etienne met his wife on Facebook before they were friends. Yeah, they connected, they chatted, then they ended up having Skype meetings and all of that. And that relationship obviously only went to a certain level, right? Until they met in person at Cape Town International when she came back to South Africa. Right? And then all of a sudden, it was like engagement rings though and then all of a sudden it was like deeper and then they got married and and then the 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 relationship went even more intimate and now they got a child the point is is that you know there's an intimacy that we can experience with god that most of us are just like doing zoom meetings with him or or just reading an article about him or something like this you can read the bible without connecting with god Okay, but we should be reading the Bible and studying the Bible to connect with them. Like, I mean, it's even said, what, in John 5 somewhere? I think it's verse 39. You you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are which testify of me. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, he's speaking to the religious, and he's saying, hey, you know this this, um, Genesis to Malachi very well, but you're looking for eternal life in it you're looking for the wrong thing. You're looking for the wrong thing. There's something more important in there that you're missing. Because these scriptures are pointing to me, Jesus says. And you're missing out on me. And they he, they were looking for eternal life, but where is eternal life? In Jesus. So we've got to ask ourselves, not what last when we were in the Bible, when last did we connect with the living word, Jesus. When last were we intimate with Jesus? Okay? It's good to read your Bible, but we've got to get read it to know Him. A lot of us would be like, you know, I'm studying the Word because I need healing. It's not a bad thing. But why don't you study it rather to know the healer? <laughs> because in Him is healing. You know, I'm studying it so that I can be prosperous. I'm studying it like there's all these reasons why we would study the Bible except to know him. And yet the whole purpose of it is to know him, to connect with him, not to, to connect to an idea. The reality of Christianity is that we're connected 24 /7. Okay, but our failure to recognize that oneness and that union that we have with Him prevents us from experiencing all that Christianity has got for us, all that God has got for us in this relationship. Okay? It, it, it's not just about outward. It's about inward. It's not just about raising your hands and worship, although that's cool. You know, It's nice. It, it maybe makes you feel free or whatever. It's about what's going on in your heart. It's not just about uh, uh, being a nice person on the outside, although we love that, please carry on with it. You know, it's about what, how are you in the inside connecting and receiving from God. Most people uh, you know, struggle to connect with God for a number of reasons. Okay? Especially maybe when it comes to a time of singing, a time of worship. And the number one reason i believe is that uh, they struggle to connect and maybe you're struggling to connect with god in a time of singing is because you feel like he's somewhere else he's far away and you're waiting for a goosebump, maybe even yeah, another reason is that you might be focused on your problems and your sin more than on the savior it's very easy to be aware self-aware but worship is really an opportunity to take your eyes off of yourself and this is how we should live. I'm not just talking about sing song. We should do this all the time, where we're taking our eyes off of ourselves and focusing in on Him, connecting to Him, not on like, not even talking to Him about our sin. How many of you want to be more like God? All of you, I'm sure your hand is up inside there, eh? just keeping them warm somewhere. The thing is. Hebrews 10 uh, verse, I think mean, it's 17, says that He has uh, forgiven. Or it says, I will remember your, your, your sin and your iniquity no more. That's what God says. So in other words, God has forgotten your sin. So if you want to be more like God, you've got to forget your sin. The only way to connect with Him is to forget your sin. Because you're going to come to Him and try and connect over something like your, the, the wrong things that you've done. And He's going to be sitting there like confused if He can be confused because like, what are you talking about? You know, Because now, now you're trying to connect with Him over something that He doesn't want to connect with you over. He dealt with your sin on the cross so that you didn't have to talk to Him about it. <laughs> he's interested in you being free and, and not burdened by it and all of that, but He's already provided for that. Now you just need to walk in that provision so that you can enjoy Him over other things. Those of you who are married, who loves to just talking about the bills all the time? <laughs> You're talking about, you, you know, you've you got to pay the rent, you've got to pay this, you've got to pay that. All the, it's not fun just to talk about all the bills all the time. All the admin. You want to talk about other things. You want to connect. And now you're talking about a debt that was already paid with God. And he's like, you know, you're talking about this debt that you feel like you owe, but it's not your debt, it's been paid for. Okay, another reason why people struggle to connect with God is because they believe that there's just many hindrances, that you know, there's many things preventing them from experiencing His goodness and connecting with Him. You know, or they believe that there's just a couple hoops that they need to jump through to enter in. And I mean, I've knocked that a couple times from, from Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, you have to understand, is written to a mixed multitude. A mixed people group. Okay, There are some Jews the book is written for. Then there are some Messianic Jews. Christians. And then there are some people sitting on the fence. And when you're reading the, the book of Hebrews... You can't take it for yourself. You have to understand which part of this is for who. So, therefore, having a boldness, brethren, to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, that is consecrated for uh, uh, us, etc., Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 onwards, is not for you if you're a Christian. It's for you if you're not a believer. So that you can come to Him into the Holy of Holies by a new and living way. (laughs) See, we have this mindset of I'm coming into the Holy of Holies and I'm leaving the Holy of Holies. And I'm coming into... by a new and living way. No, you came in through the new and living way and you live there. Now the presence of God lives in you and you live in the presence of God. And the problem is is you're not aware of it. That's the biggest problem. The problem or hindrance is that many of us also, i just trying to connect with God because of benefits. And I don't think it offends God, but he, he, he wishes, I believe, and desires more for us than that. There are benefits to the relationship with God. But if all, you know, if all we're ever doing is connecting over benefits, let's just put it in terms of your marriage, for those of you who are married or a friendship. If all you're ever doing is connecting with the other person over benefits, It makes for a poor relationship. What can I get out of this? Right? So there's more for us to enjoy than just a gimme, gimme, gimme. Okay? There are benefits, but there's more than that. You know, the vast majority of of teachings, really, in uh, the body of Christ have to do with relationship for benefit, if we're honest okay Uh, and not relationship for transformation even transformation is a benefit but most of us aren't really uh, interested in being more loving than we are in being more healed hello It's a bit heavy this evening. so I change the message? <laughs> I'm joking. The, the point is is that you know we'd rather be healed or rich and walking in, in, in prosperity and all of these things rather than living a transformed life and people being drawn to us because of love. I'm all for going pray for the people on the streets and heal people and all this. You know, I think I told you the testimony of when we were in Zim and we prayed for someone in the parking lot and they were healed. Yeah, you know, I'm all for that. But one of the things that I've seen with a lot of people like that is they're driven with wanting to see the power of God manifested in people. They're not driven by love. For God so loved the world that Jesus came. God so loves people that He wants you to reach out to them. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. It's not just for the power's sake. Okay? You know, by focusing on the benefits rather than on transformation... We 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 cause many people's hearts to become deferred or sick. They they become uh, discouraged because you keep talking about all these benefits, and I'm not experiencing a lot of them. Why? Because you're not connecting pa- to the power source, you're connecting to the, the fruit of it. The the, 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 the source of, of the benefits is Jesus. So we should be connecting to Jesus, not just the fruit. The fruit comes. We shouldn't be fruit focused, we should be relationship, intimacy focused. So, you know, why connect with Him? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Then it constitutes that this is part of the Ephesians series. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says, And you has He quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin. And you, quickened means made alive. You has He quickened. Uh, the Passion puts it like this and says, And His fullness fills you. His fullness fills you. You has He quickened, made alive, who were dead. Okay? So, why connect with Jesus? Number one, for life. Because <laughs> He wants you to experience life, and life abundant, John 10. 10. Okay? And I mean, this is talking about salvation. So when we get born again, we have this life. We have eternal life living inside of us. And we can enjoy this eternal life. But many Christians aren't. Why? Because they're not not focused on that. They're trying to get something they've already got, or they're just passive to the place where they're not experiencing or enjoying anything. Okay. So we want to connect with Him. We are connected. We are one with Him. But as christians now we want to receive from that life but we also want to connect to him to come out of that sinful nature into uh, 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 the, the the life and the freedom that he's got for us and once again that's salvation so the unbeliever wants to connect with him so that they can be ephesians 2 verse 1 made alive taken out of dead death and put into life amen so this connection starts at salvation if you're a christian you're connected okay but you restrict the flow in your life through your don't answer someone might say sin i don't want you to say sin (laughs) you don't restrict the life of god in you by your sin but your unbelief and often sin is because of our uh, is because of our unbelief or it's causing unbelief because we're focused on the sin okay it's a matter of, like John 15 puts it, abiding in Christ. Okay, John 15 verse 5, the Passion says, I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from you, uh, within you. So where does the fruitfulness come from? Yes, Christ, but Christ in you. Okay, but when you live separated from me, you are powerless. And, you know, the, the, the King James puts that and says um, uh, 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 that, that we need to abide in Christ if we want fruitfulness. Okay? So what is abiding in Christ? It's not staying one with Him, but focusing on that oneness that we have with Him. Because you can't undo that oneness that you've got. Now, why is this important? It's not just for sing-song time. Amen? Why is this important? It's for when you go to the office on Monday morning, it's for when you go home and you have problems and all this type of stuff, when tragedy hits, when crisis and things go wrong, or just everyday life, when you come across someone who needs encouragement or whatever the case is, when you yourself need encouragement, you realize I'm one with him, I'm not trying to get him from somewhere. You're welcome to phone the leadership, the pastors. But you realize that I'm not calling them to try and connect with Jesus. Because I'm connected to Jesus. Okay? The Christian life is an exchanged life. You gave your, your life was dead and now you've received the life of Christ. Okay? Now His life is in you and if you allow it, it will transform you. So as a Christian, this is why you want to connect with Christ. Is to have a more transformed life. Okay, you don't just want to connect with the book. You want to connect the book to help you connect to Christ. Okay, so you know what happens? Uh, this, this transformation happens as we're focusing on Him and as we're knowing Him, and that should be what we aim for. Okay, now <laughs> if you read through the Gospels, you see a lot of talk about the Pharisees. And it's funny, I was just researching a little bit about the Pharisees, and I, I can't remember who said this. Some blog I found, this guy was talking about how it, it's, it's unfortunate that the Pharisees are always looked at in a negative sense in the Gospels because they're actually not a bad bunch of guys. I was like, who is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> what's wrong with this guy? But you know, the Pharisees were really so focused in on regulations and principles. They were focused in on, 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 on legalism. They were focused in on law. They weren't focused on a life, and that's why they missed the Prince of Life. That's why they missed Jesus. Okay? So, you know, we, we mustn't become like Pharisees who are so focused in on regulations, on principles, etc., that we don't know Him. Even when we come to church, it's a, 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 it's a challenge for us as leaders because there is a rhythm involved you start at this time and then you have worship there's a rhythm involved but we mustn't allow ourselves to be stuck in the rhythm of things without connecting with the god in it Yeah? You know? So 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 we need to make sure that we're not just going through the flow devotion read it read my bible shandala thank you jesus let's go you know, a lot of us even just pray in the spirit and pray in tongues without connecting with god our spirit's having a glorious time, but you're not. You're like shanda la 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 whatever, and you're like this is laborious, like this is tiring, when it should be refreshing you if you're connecting to Christ in you, okay? So we mustn't be like the Pharisees, just focused on the outward. We mustn't be like the grace Pharisees of today, <laughs> who, who you know, who know the so-called doctrine of grace. But they don't know the person who's full of grace, because they're not themselves full of grace. They're like, you know, wow, you, you said something legalistic. <laughs> you know, wow, that was legalistic, I'm not staying here anymore. You know, like, that's not graceful, is it? I love grace, <laughs> but I'm just saying, there's some, some, some grace Pharisees out there. We mustn't be overly concerned with the form and the process that we neglect the power and the relationship and the power that's in the relationship that we have with Him. If you're a Christian, if you have believed, you've got to realize that you're one with Him. You're one with God Almighty. He's living in you, you're His address, He's dwelling in you. You might not experience much of that, you might not understand that, but it's your reality. And now you're renewing your mind to know that more and more and more so that you can start to live like that okay i mean the 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 spirit of god is what separates us from the world the spirit of god is what separates us from others the spirit of god is also what transforms us but think about it in terms of 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 the separation for a moment okay ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 from the new living translation says you used to live in sin Okay, now the, sin, the word sin there is referring to harmatia, the noun for sin, which is talking about your sinful nature. It's not talking about actions of sin. This is why it's unfair for so many of us reading just reading the Bible. You read something in the Bible, and it says, uh, 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 like this, it says, you used to live in sin. And you're reading that, and you're going, I still struggle with sin as a Christian. So then you're like, I wonder if I'm saved. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the only one who experienced that obviously and, and then you're, you're like looking at this and you're like well I wonder if I'm even a Christian because it says here clearly you used to live in sin but I know I'm still struggling with sin but the Greek word there is showing that it's talking about sin nature not sin actions a Christian doesn't have sin nature it ha- a Christian has sin action sometimes. We miss the mark from time to time. But you still don't have sin nature. The sin nature trained us to live in sin. Now we've got to use the righteous nature which we've got to train ourselves to live righteously and not live in sin. Okay. So you used to live in sin nature, just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Okay. Now, when we see the word obedience in the Bible, we often also mislead because obedience or disobedience we think actions. But if you go and read Romans chapter ten, you'll clearly see that New Testament or even in the Old Testament, obedience is talking about faith—faith faith to what God says. You go back to Adam and Eve in the garden. The sin wasn't eating an apple or a pear or banana or whatever it was. The sin was that they didn't believe God. It was a faith issue. Okay? So this is showing us that we used to live in sin. We're not like the world. Okay? The verse before that says, "He has made you alive, you were dead. He's quickened you." So can you see the difference between a believer and an unbeliever? We love the unbeliever. We're here to reach the unbeliever, but we're different from the unbeliever. Very, very different. okay? That's why a believer who's considering in his grace, and so I hope I'm not upsetting anybody, but a believer who, who, who considers marrying an unbeliever just has no cooking clue about salvation. They got, they've got their fire insurance, but they don't know who's living inside of them. They don't, they're not aware of who's not living inside of the person that they love. Okay? 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14 <clears throat> says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion has light with darkness? So it's saying that this intimacy, we, 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 you can't have it with an unbeliever. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 and 15 from easy to read version says, You are not the same as those who don't believe. You don't just have a different set of beliefs than an unbeliever. You have the Spirit of God living in you and they don't. You have light in you. And although they're a lovely person and they make a good cup of tea, (laughs) they don't. They have darkness in them. That's why you are the light of the world and you need to reach them that's why you are friends with them or you're a a, a relative of them because you're there to reveal christ to them okay so don't join yourselves to them good and evil don't belong together light and darkness cannot share the same room how can there be any unity between christ and the devil what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever so we love unbelievers, we're to reach unbelievers, we realize, but we need to realize that they're not like us, and so we cannot have true intimacy with them. You and I are brothers and or, or brother and sister in Christ. Okay? I am closer to you, even if I don't know you very well. I am closer to you than your unsaved loved one. Whether it be a spouse, whether it be a parent, whether it be whatever. We're one because of Christ. We're more blood relatives, blood of Jesus relatives. Like there, there, there's something for us to realize there. We're part of one another. And if you don't realize that, you won't enjoy it so much. <laughs> but when you do realize that, then all of a sudden, you know, you, you do experience the fruitfulness of that. Okay? So we need to realize that that we're that close. 2 Corinthians Four, uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians 2:14 2, to 16 from the passion it says, God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Through our yielded lives he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. So I want to just point that out quickly and says that as we yield our lives, the fragrance of God spreads in places through knowledge. So it's talking about the knowledge that we share with people and how that helps them to, to know God. Okay? Then verse 15 we have become the unmistakable aroma of the victory of the anointed one to a to a anointed one to God, a perfume of life to those being saved and an odor of death to those who are perishing. The unbelievers smell a deadly stench that leads to death. But believers smell the life-giving aroma that leads to abundant life. And those, and who of us can rise to this challenge? So, you know, the thing I just want to point out from there is just the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. And how we are even perceive things differently. An unbeliever will look at you and, and you should help them to smell Jesus. <laughs> okay? But they don't often smell Jesus because we're not helping them come to the knowledge of Jesus. You can't smell Jesus without the knowledge of Jesus, according to the Scripture. Okay? But, but often, you know, they smell death. Why? Because we're not living for ourselves. We're living for, for, for Him. So think about it for a moment. What transforms and changes us? Because that's the journey that we're on. We receive Jesus, we know Jesus, we're connected to Jesus, we're one with Him. And now, like, what is, what is the greatest benefit of knowing Him, having this intimacy, this relationship, and the transformation that it brings? Okay? And, you know, every single one of us wants transformation, if you agree with me or not. <laughs> you, you should want transformation in your life. Okay? But what changes us? What transforms us? Let me put it to you like this. Nothing you do transforms you. Nothing you can do can transform you. What you do can connect you to transformation. But reading your Bible, fasting, praying, whatever, all the things that, that in Christian circles we put value on and say this is going to change you, none of that changes you unless you connect to the Spirit of God. It's about connecting to Him. And so the question we started with, bring it up again, when last did you connect and enjoy intimacy with Him? Because that's what we should be living in and when we come to church, that should be like the pinnacle of the week, the highlight where we're like, wow, this is amazing. Okay? So, you know, what changes us isn't what we do, but it's who we believe. You know, relationship with Him. And it starts with... Salvation, becoming a, a new creation, and then maturing in this, learning to grow in this. Okay. I just want to read two more passages of scripture and then share a few more practical things, and we're going to go into a time of sing song. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, it's going to help you to connect more with God in this, this the, the last part of the service. But we need to see how close we are to Him. That's the point. Most It's sad that most of Christianity, especially on a Sunday, is around the world going to reinforce distance from God. And not subtly. Some places it's going to be blatant. When I started to see my oneness with Christ years back and how that's operating by grace, I remember sitting in the front row of a church and the pastor was talking about... um, Uh, from 1 John and how sin separates us from God and how when you sin, God's gone and you need to go through all of these things to try and get back to God or get Him back in your life and it was so legalistic and so heavy and so contrary to the gospel, I literally wanted to throw up and I had to leave the building I went out, I breathed uh, I prayed in the spirit and I was like, Lord, I know I need to go back in so help me round two and I went back in, you know That's unfortunate. We shouldn't have to live like that. Especially in church and in Christian circles, we should constantly be reminded of how close we are with Him. God's not far. You might be having issues, problems in your life, your marriage, whatever, your health. God's not far. In fact, you're one with Him. And so you're one with the healer. You're one with the answer to the issues that you've got right now. Okay, so two, Ephesians chapter 2, 13 to 16 from the Passion says, Yet look at you now. Take a look at yourself. Yet look at you now. <laughs> it says, everything is new. Although, you know, when you got saved, you didn't look new automatically. But you don't see what went on in the inside of you. There's so much transformation. I mean, no God, now all of a sudden God. <laughs> You're full with His fullness. Okay. Although you were once distant and far away from God, you have now been brought delightfully close to Him. Let, let Pause there. But you, you're, you're not far from Him anymore. You're close to Him. You've been de- brought delightfully close to Him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You've actually been united with Christ. That's how one you are. You're united with Him. Our reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. So now Paul's writing and trying to show that the Jews aren't something extra special. The Saviour came through the Jewish nation, but now the, 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 there's a new nation which, which, which is on God's heart, and it's called church. Okay, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, it's not on the notes, but 1 Corinthians 10.32 says, Give none offense, neither to Jews nor the Gentiles, but to the church of God. So so what it's saying is that there's Jews, there's Gentiles, and there's church. As Christians, we're not Jews, and we're not Gentiles, we're church. If you're a Jew and you got saved, now you're church. If you're a Gentile and you got saved, you're church. That's what this is saying. He's broken down the separation, and we're all one in Him. Okay. Verse 15, Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of His precious body on the cross. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by His command. His true essence has has made peace between us by uh, starting over, forming one new race of humanity. Jews and non-Jews fused together. We are fused together now. Okay, even if there's no former Jews in the room, just by us being Gentiles, or wherever you've come from, we're 100% fused together in Christ. Two have become now become one, and we live restored to God and reconciled in the body of Christ through His crucifixion. Hatred died, so there shouldn't be hatred. There shouldn't be division amongst us because we're now one with Him. Over to verse 18. And now, because we are united to Christ, we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. So how do we have access to Him? It's through the Spirit. Where is the Spirit? We're one with the Spirit. So that means you've always got access to God. Always got access to Him. You don't go into the presence of God. You're living in the presence of God. Amen? Verse 19. So you are not foreigners or guests, but but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. You are rising like the, uh, like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple. And your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. And be- best of all, you are connected to the head, cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. Even though we're connected, it's not about you and me only. You're as connected to Jesus as I am. You might just know it more than I might and I might know it more than you might know it or whatever the case is. But we need to just become aware of that oneness that we have with Him. This entire building is under construction and is continuously growing under His supervision until it rises up, completed as as the holy temple of the Lord Himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, His dwelling place through the power of the Spirit living in you. So you are, I would would, would put it like this, you are the Holy of Holies, where where God lives. And in your your, your actions and in your thinking, that the Spirit is now transforming you to live like that. Okay? It's that connection with God which leads to transformation. It's not a new set of, of just principles. And often in Christianity, we make it just about the principles. But, you know, uh, um, you can have a good marriage without knowing any principles, but just knowing love and what love is. You can have a good relationship with a friend or a colleague and not understand the basics of of, uh, communication, but just understand love and what love means. You know, you can throw a lot of books out the window just for thinking about love, and just taking one simple verse, love is patient, love is kind, etc., and just meditating on that and how that lives inside of you, and so now you can be like that to to other people. So practically, obviously receive Jesus. (laughs) Practically, that's the first step to enjoying the presence of God, receive Jesus. How do you receive Jesus? You heard the Gospel, you believed the Gospel, and you received the Spirit. Now you're, you're one with Him. But for us who are Christians, we've got to realize there's no separation between us and God. And so as we, we, we're singing and as we, we, we're praying, even or when you're at home and you're praying by yourself or whatever you're doing, if you come across somebody who's sick and you need to pray for them, all of these situations and scenarios, what have you got to do? First thing is not think about God being somewhere else. But think about how God is in you and God is one with you. Okay? When you've got a challenge at work, challenge at adversity, a challenge in your family, you've got to see that God is with you right now. Even though you haven't prayed yet. Even though you didn't fast. Even though you didn't read your Bible in the morning or whatever. He's there with you even if you haven't been a good boy or good girl. You should be. (laughs) But He's still there with you. Okay, And then be more like God. And don't remember your sin. Forget it. Forget your sin. Forget the thing that you're struggling with. Because for, for some people, the reason why they're still struggling with that sin is because they keep praying about it. I'll say that again. For some people, the reason why they're struggling with something continuously is because they keep praying about it. We need to stop confessing our sin and start confessing our faith. Start confessing our righteousness. Start confessing who we are in the Spirit, who the Spirit is in us. So rather than coming to worship and go, Sorry, Father, that I'm just a useless nothing and I just messed up this week and I haven't been living like I should, we go, Thank you, Father, that I'm righteous, that I'm standing before you 100% right, even though I've been a moron this week and I've been a good one. (laughs) thank you Jesus that you see me as perfect right now and I'm full of your presence full of your goodness and so as I worship I just want to enjoy your presence I want to connect with you those are the kind of things that we should do as we're worshipping or as we're praying somewhere or when we're driving our car or whatever just keep your eyes open and just focus in on the risen Christ who's with you right now there's enough Jesus in this room to do all sorts of impossible things. Not because I'm here, although that's included. <laughs> but because all of us together, if we just we just release what's inside of us, that glory, that we, we, can, we can have a glorious time as we're worshipping and as we're connecting with God like that. As we're focusing our attention on Him. And an easy way to start that is by thanking Him for what is. Forget about your need. Forget about the situation that you have. Because He's the answer to that. We know that. But connect with Him for who He is because He wants you to enjoy Him. And just look to Him and go, you're just amazing. Thank you that I get to spend eternity with you. Thank you that you know He's dealing with you by grace. So even though we were all probably good morons this week, even though He's still here and He still wants to move, even though we're imperfect, even though we're imperfect, like, he, 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 He's here and He wants to speak to you. Amen? Yeah, we've we got to remember, we're not trying to attract the presence of God. Lots of people use that language, and I'll just say they're wrong. <laughs> Very wrong. We're not trying to attract the presence. We're not trying to attract the blessing. We've got the blessing. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. We've got the Spirit. Galatians 3, 13, 14. So what now? Recognize what you've got... and and just release it. You're not trying to manufacture a nice time now as we sing. What are we doing? We're recognizing what is, and we're enjoying Him. And as we sing the songs, the songs that we're going to sing are are on purpose. Firstly, to help you focus your attention if you think about the words. But even though you don't know the the songs or whatever, just close your eyes and, and you connect with Him. You connect with Him. You, What do I mean by connect? You're one with Him. How can you get more connected than you are? What do I mean? You focus your attention on Him. You enjoy Him. And then what? Allow Him to speak to you. Every single person in this room can use a word from God. And I'm not talking about getting a word from me or from Etienne or from whoever else. I'm talking about you getting a word from God for you. That's God's best. Whenever I've received a word from, from God through someone else, I'm always like, why wasn't I listening? Or if it's confirmation, I'm like, thank you, Lord, that's confirmation. But once or twice in the past three years, it's been something that was new to me, and I'm like, I've got to pray about that, and then I realize it's right, and I'm like, I wasn't listening. <laughs> you know, I, I was too busy with the practical things, and I wasn't engaging with Him. So in this, we're not going to be practical about it. We want to be spiritual, so to speak. We want to connect with Him, receive from Him, and then in the process, I believe, you might get a word to encourage us all. You may get a word just to be able to minister to somebody else. If it's a simple word, just step up. Come to the microphone. We'll give you an opportunity. Share the scripture that encourages you. And uh, share it with someone else. If you know it's with someone else, don't hold back. Because as we sing and we, as we close off the, the, the service uh, with, with, with this time of worship, here's the thing. It's only going to be as good as you allow it to be. There cannot be any spectators here. we can, we we're all on the same level. I'm not extra special. Although I look like it. <laughs> we're all on the same level. We've all got the same Jesus. We've all got the same spirit. We need to tap into that. We need to release that. We need to be partakers in that. You might be saying, I'm a new Christian. Well, there's no baby Jesus. You don't have a baby Jesus or a baby Holy Spirit. We've got the same Spirit. Yeah. It just is about our understanding of who's inside of us. Amen? Yeah. So I'm encouraging you, be a participator. A partaker. Not a spectator. You know, I, I really trust that here and, and I'll do my best and, and I know that you guys must help me with this and I know that the leaders will help with this. Let's let's never be a spectator church. Let's always be a partaker church where you know, yes the guests if you're a guest, you're welcome to spectate. Yes, guests are welcome to spectate. But the believers who come regularly, it's 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 partaking time. It, it, it's time. Let, let's go for this. Let, let, let's step out. Let, let's receive from God and, and minister to each other. Amen. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch via email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.